Welcome to the family. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I just wanted to make sure that I could hear myself because I couldn't even hear myself. Welcome to the family with Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. Tevin Pittman. And Andy Rampernard. It's going to be another one of those deals. It's going to be Tevin and Josh just hashing it out for everybody out there as far as investment is concerned. Absolutely. Is that correct? Make How do you get involved so much in investment, Devin? I'm not I'm not involved in investment like hardly at all. Like very But you know minor. a lot about like it. I just have I'm very interested in it and it's something that I like would see myself trying to get into on like a smaller scale. So yeah, definitely something that sparks my interest. See, so look at that. You're an interesting guy, you just said, Josh. Did you hear that? I'm an interesting guy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Is that like the commercial? The inter- the most interesting mm-hmm. man. Yeah, yeah. The most yep. interesting man. Dos Equis or whatever that was. Was that Dos Yeah, it was Dos yep. Equis. Thank I you, think. Right. Josh, how you been? I have been pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty. Pretty good. Uh, I had a nice conversation with Josh. One thing, now that I've gotten to know you, uh, just talking to you on the phone, it makes me calmer because, Josh, i got to be honest with you, and maybe I'm like a lot of people in the world, in America, whatever, this whole financial thing makes me very nervous because so many people, and I got, you know, if you wanted to mention who you were talking about, it's fine, but I won't. But there is a certain president who just decided to shut down the last year of his presidency, and it really hurt our economy. Big time. Big, Big time. time. And that was, that was a, lot, a lot of years ago, back in, back in 2008, before, before yep. the election. Yep. And once you, we'll say, abdicate the throne. Right. Um, you've got, you've got, uh, you can have some major problems. And during that period of time, 2008, uh, actually starting in 2007, uh, we'll say the bond market mm-hmm. and particularly the mortgage, mortgage, mortgage bonds market started to head downward. And that was really the start of the major banks starting to implode, which led to what happened in t- 2008. First with uh, Bear Stearns right. going out of business and being taken over by J.P. Morgan. The government backstopped J.P. Morgan and said, hey, you know, if there's a real problem with the assets that you're acquiring from Bear, Bear Stearns, we'll backstop you. Really? And, yes, that did, did happen. And then when, you, uh, when the government took over... Uh, Lehman Brothers. Oh, I remember that. Um, which was in, in September, and that really led things on the downslope in the uh, in the stock market. And it happened pretty much over over a weekend. It was over uh, a week. I do over, remember it was over a weekend. Quick. And I remember I was doing a, a radio radio show, my Sunday Sunday show. Mm-hmm. On a different station. Well, where? What station was it on? <laughs> at that at that time, I was doing um, doing on the the Patriot. Oh yeah, sure. So it yeah. was, um, and it was a, a Sunday night. News came over that the government had um, taken over Merrill Lynch. God. The uh, actually wasn't the government. The government arranged that uh, Bank of America would take over Merrill Lynch. Okay. I'm thinking. Wait a minute. What about Lehman Brothers? Because there was a British bank, Barclays Bank, that was trying to take over Lehman Brothers, who was in the same shape as Bear Stearns. And because Barclays was a British bank, uh, that was almost a no-no, as well as Barclays said, hey, we know what you did with 
Bear Stearns and J.P. Morgan, we want the same guarantee. And the government said, uh, not happening. And I think it was not happening because they were fearful of Merrill Lynch uh, imploding. And Merrill Lynch had a lot more, we'll say, retail money. Tevin, you and I are retail investors as opposed to Fidelity right. uh, being and the large mutual funds or pension funds being more institutional investors. So don't want to hurt the retail investors. So here comes Bank of America, takes over Merrill Lynch, and Lehman Brothers is left flapping in the breeze. And Barclays did pick up the remaining assets of Lehman Brothers for pennies oh, on the dollar. Yeah. And then the market, the, we'll say the bond market imploded, the stock market uh, went down significantly, and government officials went to Congress and said, uh, we need a little bit more money. Oh, good. <laughs> to cover this. <laughs> and because it was right before an election, right. all the folks in Congress said, hmm, if we're going to be spending a little bit of money, we want some for our district. So we won't pass this bill to help the banks oh, until we oh, get... God. You ready for this one? This, this, this was a killer to me. <sighs> Bike paths in northern Minnesota. Once that get, gets approved, <laughs> we'll get the... We'll, we'll, pass, we'll pass the bailout bill. Um... This was all over bike paths. Well, no, that was just one of the things that, one was, the that was able to secure a vote. And I'm sure that different Congress, uh, congressmen or, or women at that time said, okay, well, if we're going to pass a bill to bail out the big banks, we want a little taste, particularly during, you know, before the election, just to show right. our constituents what we can do. So why is it always October? Why is it always just well, before happened. an election? Just before the election, well, um, I think that was just to make sure that those people who were in office, this is just my, right. my, my, right. my theory, that was just before the election, people remember what they get just before the election, and they're going to vote accordingly. God, that wouldn't have. So that was what Bill Clinton got elected that year. Is that correct? No, there there was, was a guy Bush? named Barack Obama got elected. Oh yeah. Oh, that, I that, thought, oh yeah. That's true. We're only looking back. Yeah. yeah if I want to go back to, because yeah, right. um, yeah, Bill Clinton was before George W. Mm, yeah. Correct. God, I, I, here's what I don't understand about that. So they kind of knew this was going on for almost a year before it actually. Well, they collapsed. they probably knew that this was going on. The, the to me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sit, I'll say. Right. To me, sitting, sitting in my little, you know, my, my office in Edina, Minnesota, mm -hmm. um, unconnected to any politicians, and I'm, I'm seeing the problems that were existing in the, the um, we'll say, the mortgage bond market, and realizing, wait a minute, there's something awfully fishy going on, particularly when you see the price of mortgage uh, backed uh, bonds at that time, so this is in 2007, mm -hmm. start to come down. And you're saying, well, wait a minute. There's a lot of these bonds that are being held. Uh, a lot of the 
major banks were putting together portfolios to sell to sophisticated investors uh, uh, and saying, well, these mortgage bonds, whether they were good mortgages or bad mortgages, because we're pooling them together, we get the, the backing from uh, Fannie Mae, Ginny Mac, so the whole pool can be rated AAA, and if we leverage them up by bar using borrowed funds to get more, we can enhance the yield. And people were buying the yield because the question would be, who's not going to pay their mortgage. Because if you don't pay your mortgage, you're going to lose, you lose, your, your, mm -hmm. lose your house. And there were a lot, uh, a number of people who were short these bonds, uh, betting that the bonds would go down in, in value. And if you're short, you've, uh, you've essentially um, borrowed the bonds at, at a higher price, hoping to, to buy them back at a lower price and make a big profit. Right, right. Uh, I think there was a book written about it called The Big Short. There was a movie that came out called <laughs> yeah. The Big Short. Yes. And described this whole whole situation. And uh, the, the bankers who were betting against the short said, huh, this is AAA paper. Who is not going to be paying their mortgage? Right. And mortgages at that time were essentially, you had to pass the, the breath test. Oh. You can breathe. <laughs> you're good to go. You're you're good to go. I mean, there were there were stories of, um, we'll say, uh, we'll we'll say bar barmaids. Barmaids. Uh, there you go. There you okay. go. Uh, barmaids with little or no income, just tip income, um, able to borrow uh, a lot of money to buy two, three, four condos. Jeez. In the hopes oh, that they would rent them out mm -hmm. and collect some prop some profits because they saw, hey, housing is is going up. If you leverage, you know, you buy a house, you put a little down, borrow the rest, get the renter to pay pay this, and then flip these uh, properties. You can make make some quick money. It did not happen. No, it did not happen. No. Uh there, I have a few questions, but Andy, I want to make sure, because you have a lot of interest in this as well, do you not? I mean, I have interest in having money, but... <laughs> but, I mean, you keep a pretty sharp eye on where your money's going, don't you? I try, yeah. I don't really have a whole lot of investments right now, though. You'd, is there something you'd like to invest in or you'd like to ask Josh about? If I had the cash to do it, certainly. you got tons of cash. What are you talking about? New kid, new house... They're expensive things. You're That's, not paid well? I'm, in, I'm <laughs> investing my money in uh, capital. Oh, my, my, my earphones aren't working. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's what he said. But, I mean, you must have, because Tevin's got a million questions for you. I have non-liquid assets as well. I mean, I know that this is, this is a way, way back, and, of course, anything that I say is my opinion, not... No, I understand that. I mean, before we move on to Tevin's questions, I just, how did they allow the government to, basically the government shut down for a year? In, in 2007, correct? I mean, he just decided the government. Not... It, oh, I, I just looked at some of the things. The government didn't shut down. Well, but I, just, the I just president thought that the president the president mm. shut down. There you go. Okay, uh, that that's just my my view. The president shut down, and it's like I don't I don't understand why you're not 
working full time. We've got right. there's there are plenty of plenty of issues to deal with, and in particular, in you know coming into 2008, you could see. I mean, at least I could I could see. Hey, you got problems in the in the in the mortgage market. You got problems mm -hmm. in the housing market. That is a big industry in in the United States. Um, and if you're trying to promote uh, housing or, or home ownership, and you've got problems in the mortgage market, there's there's some significant issues. And so, uh, if you said you could see that, like coming from you know, well, I'm what seeing, is like a year round, like, do they kick Where I'm looking looking at Tevin is I'm looking at the assets that are traded in the in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. One of the things I happen happen to notice uh, because they're constantly issuing. Uh, mortgage-backed securities. Yep. And I, I'm not even re recalling what the yield was. But I do know that, uh, to me, what seemed to start the downfall of the mortgage bond market was a uh, hedge fund that I believe was funded by the Harvard Endowment to buy mortgage-backed securities. Mm-hmm. And this particular hedge fund unloaded about $300 million worth of mortgage Jeez. bonds God. on the market at the same time bonds were being issued. And I think that was March or April of 2008, or 2007, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. So all those mortgage-backed securities dropped in value. In May... I think this was May of 2007. Uh, Merrill Lynch did a margin call on Bear Stearns, or one of Bear Stearns' um, we'll say pools of investment that was in mortgage-backed securities because they had gone the the mortgage bonds had gone down significantly in value, and they go down when a stock or bond goes down on, in value and you're out on margin, so you've borrowed money to buy these securities, you either have to sell the securities to meet the margin requirement mm -hmm. or put more cash in. Okay. Well, Bear Stearns, I don't think at that time for that pool of money didn't want to put more money in, so they faced a margin call, so they had to sell bonds so there's more bonds coming in at a discount. Mm -hmm. And I think that happened in May. It also happened in June. Well, that's a uh, – Bear Stearns took a significant hit. So that's when I said, there's some issue. And I was talked to my son at the time who was working uh, for one of several billionaires. He's a research analyst for a hedge fund. And I said, hey, Judd, check this out this is what i'm seeing he said i said i think these i think these banks are levered on these mortgage bonds they've got to be leveraged three four maybe five times he says uh-uh how about 10 to 15 Ooh. times Ooh. i said you've got to be kidding Ugh. he said no it's heavy duty leverage that's why they're able to get these super high uh, yield returns on these bonds so that's when I started not noticing that. Um, and then, is the, then it's, geez, people are having trouble getting mortgages. Yeah. 
Um, so the credit for mortgages starts tightening, tightening up. So that's what starts leading to a problem. And then the talk, talk becomes, is Bear Stearns going to stay in business? Well, when Bear Stearns gets taken over uh, by J.P. Morgan in March of 2008, hey, what other banks are in a similar bind? So I'm just, I'm just some guy in Minnesota, and I'm just saying, okay, what am I exposed? How am I exposed to any of this? No, I'm not investing in, I'm not investing in any banks. I'm not buying bonds. I'm not buying mortgage bonds. I'm not buying anything related to housing. No, I'm pretty much invested in internet-related companies, um, invested in leisure-related businesses. So I'm, and uh, yeah, so and I'm far away from, at least in my estimation, mm -hmm. I'm far away from that. Yeah. However. What happens is when um, other, uh, other people who have invested, and they're also on margin, uh, when those margin calls happen, you sell whatever you can to meet that margin requirement, unless you've got cash to add to your account. And what got, got sold? To me, it was uh, the good stuff, uh, which is investments that I had. So the big, big companies, uh, big technology companies, which had been doing very well, got sold. Yeah. When you say like, because, and you were talking about how, like, essentially the presidency kind of just shut down. Do you feel yeah. like they were trying to kick the problem to the next regime? I, I or? think so. Yeah. Hey, I've, I've served two terms. I'm not going any place. Yeah. Things mm -hmm. look okay. Well, just, just coast on in. Well, question I have for you, because the Bushes are one of the wealthiest families in the world, are they not, when you add them all together? I, th I, would, I would surmise they are. Top 1%, at least. And Top, yeah, they right. made their money in, we'll say, construction and uh, well, real, <laughs> estate. <laughs> we'll say, real, real, real estate. We'll say real estate and, and energy, primarily. Here's, here's what I understand. So they're, they're among the wealthiest people in the world. Now, on the other two sides of that, because I'm not a Democrat nor a Republican, so I don't have, I'm not locked in on, uh, on a position on this whole situation. But I, I'm very uncomfortable giving the presidency to a billionaire who doesn't need the job. It'd be nice if he needed the job, but then you had your Bill Clintons and your Obamas of the world who both became billionaires because they had that job, correct? Uh, they have done very well. They've since done they, very they, well for themselves. It, since they've, they've left office. I mean, if, if somebody were to, I mean, I, I do believe uh, that the Clintons were close to bankruptcy. Yes, they when were. They, when they left, when they left um, uh, Washington, uh, I do believe that uh, some of their supporters uh, helped them purchase a house in, in New York. That's, Didn't like it. You know, not a. You know, it's not it's not your two bedroom rambler no. uh, in St. Louis Park. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody helped them with with that, and they were able to to start the uh, Clinton Initiative, and they're very well off. 
They're right very now. well off. There's no question about that. And the Obamas are billionaires now. That that how, where is that? Is that in Hawaii? That house that looks the size of this building we're in right now? I have no idea, but I oh. think they have several houses. They have many houses. <laughs> That's I can't believe that the, the Clintons were really close to bankruptcy. Oh, yeah. I never knew that. Yep. Well, presidents don't on paper actually no, get paid very much. Um, you know, my father used used to have a saying because I used to ask him when I was much younger. I said, "Geez, I don't understand." why uh, people would want to run for an office that pays, mm -hmm. maybe it was paying 75000 or 100000 I think it's 100000 you know, these to days. To be a, a congressperson. Yeah. And my dad said, you don't understand. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> the type of money that they're getting. You don't understand. Yeah. Have you ever, he says, let me just drive you by some of these, uh, where these people live. And it's, was not uh, in my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't hanging out with you. I, I just wonder about that, and I don't know if there's anything you can do about that because you're going to make some friends or whatever, but it seems to me that the focus is just money. Whether I've already mm -hmm. got it or I'm trying to get it, it's all about money. So I, I don't... Well, I, you... I've, I've, I've heard that, you know, from... You know, several people. Yeah. Well, you're just you're just in. Well, I'd say my sister. You're only in in this for the money. Well, that's oh, your so job, though. I said, well, <laughs> let me ask you something. You know, you're you're an artist. Um, I said, so you give away your art for oh. free? Oh, I bet she didn't like that question. <laughs> <laughs> Tevin, she did not. It was, oh, huh, you know. You don't know about art. Well, you make something, it's somebody wants it, they're going mm -hmm. to pay mm -hmm. for yep. your If it has value, art. then it has you value. Have a, yep. um, you have a gallery or you have something, you exhibit in a gallery and somebody buys the art. There's some money that's transacted, transacted for your, your business. Yeah. Well, you know, you capitalists are only about the money. You don't care <laughs> about people. Just say you, you run a company correct. and you don't care about your employees. Oh, my goodness. You know, really? You really think that? Um, mm, yeah. No. And, well, and especially in politics, I feel like I would say all most politicians, they probably start out in the, at the lower levels, like I want to make a difference in my community. And then as you keep gr growing higher and higher, then it definitely does got to warp to where it's more so. No, I, I, I think I, I really do believe that most people get involved in politics or, you know, whether it's local, state or federal, mm -hmm. want to do something or, or see a problem they want to help solve. Yep. It's just to get to that position You've got to raise capital. Yeah. Uh, and when you raise capital from from some a lot of people, or they might want something in return. Yeah. Gee, favors? <laughs> really? <laughs> Who ever no. heard of it? Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. What's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. 
How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. We got some questions yeah. and comments. That's, oh, I bet we do have some questions and comments. <laughs> First off, hope hope the captain Again, feels better. What's up, Kevin? What's up, Derek? Okay. Yep, Kevin knew. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Mike wants to know what you think about Dodd Frank being a cause of 2008. I have no Hold idea on. who that is. You? I did not hear that. You didn't? Oh, you didn't? Okay. No, I don't. I don't know. Oh, I don't you think your Andy? headphones are on. No, I didn't. I just. I know oh. that Andy's. I see his lips moving, but I don't yeah, hear. Let me see your headphones. anything. Not on. Oh, that That'll would be, be a good wise. thing. They're quiet. There they're we on. go. There. Oh, there you oh. go. I was wondering what was going on. on. Sorry, I thought they were on. You good now? Much better. Uh, oh my goodness! Okay. Now I can hear you. Josh is with us now. Yes. Mike wants to know what you think about Dodd Frank being a cause of 2008. If it was or, uh, you know. No, that came af afterwards. It did? Yeah. I, th Dodd I do believe Frank. that the Dodd-Frank bill came af as a result You're of right, that. You're right. That was 2010. I, don't, mm. I do not think that the Dodd-Frank Dodd bill caused 2007 at all. I think that part, part of the, the Dodd-Frank bill was to make the banks healthier or, say, uh, by having a lot more capital available. Mm-hmm. And if the, I think that's a, that's a good thing for the banks to have more capital on hand to meet any, any emergency. Uh, Jim wants to know how investor advice has changed in the past 20 years. Ooh, I like it. Good question. Like, if it was 20 years ago, what would you say differently than you are saying today? Not, of course, knowing that there's going to be a crash in 2008 and so, so forth. Uh, 20, 20 years ago, I was probably giving pretty much the same, same general advice in that money good, uh, <laughs> money, money is good. Yes. Uh, money. Good. We don't know. We don't know what, what's going to happen in the stock market or the bond market. 
or the real estate market going forward. That anytime you're investing money, there is no guarantee mm -hmm. uh, unless you're putting money with an insurance company and the insurance companies have implied uh, guarantees. Um, if you have your money in a bank account because of the FDIC, your savings is, insu mm -hmm. is insured up to a certain amount. 250 It used to. I think they might have increased it recently. But it's insured up to a, to a certain amount, right. say $250,000. Per account, I believe. And that's, and that's not the interest is not insured. It's just your principal yep. is, is insured. Um, but beyond that, markets are going, going to fluctuate. Markets, particularly stock markets, tend to go up, and companies whose um, sales are increasing uh, have ten, their sales increase and their earnings increase. Those stocks tend to tend to go up. Yeah, they um, have been. I would I would have said that in that scenario, first thing that you need to do after you've taken care of. Make, well, I'll say making sure that you have adequate insurance, both life, health, dis disability, homeowners. If you're owning a owning a house or even an apartment, make sure you have an umbrella policy so that mm -hmm. if you happen to have a, a small accident, that if you're sued, that that policy will will cover cover that. Uh, but after you've got that, first thing first things first, make oh have a little bit of a cash cushion to meet so you can pay for your food or mortgage whether that's uh, you know one or two months emergency fund then make sh then start putting money into your IRA 401k fully fund that and put that money in the most aggressive uh, choice that you have so if they, the most aggressive choice is an S&P Standard and Poor uh, 500 index fund, that's where the money is going to go um, because that gives you the best opportunity uh, to accumulate wealth over time and money that goes into a 401k or an IRA, you get a tax deduction, the money accumulates with, without paying taxes. And when, then when you take, take the money out, that's when you pay the, pay the taxes. So in that essence, um, uh, Andrew, that, that has not changed in the advice that I give uh, to, to my clients uh, today or, or 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. What has changed uh, might be the individual stocks that well, I'm yeah, of using. Um, but the focus that I had 20 years ago was still the the same as I have have today. Focusing in on companies involved in the internet, focusing in on leisure-related businesses, focusing in on businesses that I'll say are China-related businesses, because China was the fastest-growing mm -hmm. um, I'll say country in the world. You don't necessarily have to invest in Chinese companies, but there are an awful lot of U.S. Businesses yeah. buy that, directly from that, them. Yep, that do business in China mm -hmm. or source business uh, from China. Um, Pretty much everything is made with some Chinese component so these days. So I've just, so, yeah. I just said that's that area of of the world, and I'd use China as opposed to using 
what uh, used to be called the tiger countries. And it's an area that I've invested in since the uh, 80s. So the tiger countries being Hong Kong, Singapore, Taiwan, uh, Th Thailand, uh, Korea, uh, fast, fast growing uh, markets, economies, highly educated uh, people, hardworking, et cetera. And, you know, it's only been within the last 20, almost maybe 25 years that the Chinese market uh, has actually reopened, so to speak. Uh, other than that, if you wanted to be in China, you invested through, or uh, primarily through Hong Kong. So that's, that's what I've liked. And then investing in real, real assets, which would include uh, real estate, as opposed oh, to, yeah. I say, real assets. Mm -hmm. So I'll I show you my iPhone here. So Apple makes, we'll call it gizmos. Um, whoever owns this office building, that's a, a real asset. Mm -hmm. Capital. Um, now, my, the gizmo company has done a lot better over the last 20 years right. in, than the guy who owns this, this building. Oh, yeah. If you bought Apple stock 20 years ago, you'd be doing pretty well. Well, um, I say I, you're, I, you're I, one of those guys. I'm, I'm, one, of those, I'm one, one of those guys. guys. Yeah. One of those people, as, as are my clients. Because mm -hmm. uh, uh, in the last 20 years, Apple has had uh, two, now I have to go, go back and think, Three splits had a two for one split. Oh wow, yeah. Had a uh, seven for one split. Oh god. And then a four for one split. Fifty six. So oh, that's yeah, that's that's a, that's a lot of lot of splits. Yeah. But also during the last twenty years, Apple has dropped in value, um, fifty percent, mm -hmm. twice, and thirty to forty percent uh, several times. But has since come back. When the, the stock goes down, it's, oh, I should have, uh, maybe I should have sold up here. But I know if you're a trader, sometimes you'll sell at one point, hoping the stock will go down. And it does mm -hmm. go down, and you buy it, and then it keeps going down. Yep. And you feel like a, a fool. Uh, but there came a point, this happened to be in uh, late 2007, when Apple hit one of their first highs, I told clients, we're not selling. No more, we're not going to trade this. If stock goes down, we'll buy, buy more. But our core position, we are not, not selling. How much, like, so if I was one of your clients and I see Apple is astronomical and I'm like, you know what, I just want to sell, collect all my money, and you're like, no, we shouldn't sell. Like, how aggressive do those back and forth is get? Or like, how, like, if the client absolutely wants to sell, like, you have to sell, I'm if, assuming, if, right? If the client absolutely wants to sell, fine. I think you're mm -hmm. making a mistake, uh, but it, it's your money. It's not my money. Yeah. Uh, right. I will man I manage your money as if it were mine because my, my investments are the same as my clients. I... I and uh, my son Judd working with me, we eat our own cooking. And our family is the largest uh, client of Josh Arnold Investment Consultant. Yeah. Have you, do you get oftentimes a lot of pushback on when to buy or when to sell with clients or not really? I, 
Not really. I mean, there there has been times in the last, I'll say, when the markets have moved down, like mm -hmm. la last year. I've got a number of clients. Josh, you've did very well for us. We don't want want to lose. We're concerned about what's going on in the economy. We're concerned about the political situation. We want to move to cash for a short period of time. I said, okay, I think that's the wrong thing to do. Uh, you know, my suggestion is uh, maybe go to 50% cash, 60% cash, yeah. but never 100% yeah. cash. Uh, and over a period of time, I've been proven more right than wrong, but that's just experience more mm -hmm. than any, any, anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, in terms of putting together port portfolios, I've typically kept up to, and I say up to, 30% uh, in cash. I'm not a bond investor. We're, you know, buying U.S. Go you know, U.S. Treasuries or corporate bonds. Um, so I've liked stocks, but keep having cash on the sidelines is a safety valve because, in particular, in more vo volatile markets, uh, as we are having, or as we've had, and may continue to have, um, to me makes a lot of sense because a lot of favored companies will come down in value. And then you can have the cash to either buy them back or, or add to a position. That's interesting. I, you know, let me ask you a question. <clears throat> you just talked about, hey, I, I, you know, you get calls from people, hey, I want to move to cash, I want to blah, 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 blah. Uh, and you're not directly involved in this, but how you in your position, mm -hmm. you sit there and you watch... Uh, Bud Light do what they did. You watch Ben and Jerry's do what they did. Don't they talk to somebody and go, do you think I should do this? Or do they just start running their mouths? What, well, why I think would they, they become, do this? To me, it, I think it's a corporate decision. I'm not why? A, why would you do that? Well, the, uh, the case of Bud, Budweiser, um, I, I do believe that whoever made the made these decisions they said well we want to be more inclusive we have to mm -hmm. uh this seems to be a social trend here's 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 somebody coming on social media is an influencer uh dealing with and we don't know how big of an influence yeah. market mm -hmm. they have and we want to sell more beer so yeah. if we um tap this person uh, as a spokes, spokesperson, maybe we'll get more beer sales. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. to me, and I think we covered, covered this last mm -hmm. week, if, if, if you're going to make that, that appeal, why not just really do some market research? How That's big does this exactly person you know, yeah, right. do a little bit more? How big <laughs> a market does, does this person actually represent? Um, and if I'm going to deal with that particular segment, why don't I do a promotion? We're going to do a promotion. Exactly. Say, exactly. okay, we're going to, um, instead of our Bud Light cans being blue, for we'll do a promotion this month. We're going to do pink cans right. of Bud, Bud Light. And, oh, by the way, um, 
you know, next month we're going to do green cans or mm-hmm. some. Right, right. But it's, know, it's like what a lot of companies do with like, and especially in the alcohol industry with like Pride Month. They're like, oh, now all of our absolute bottles have rainbows mm-hmm. on them. Or right. if it's like breast cancer awareness type things, you'll see yeah. companies do like pink stuff. So yeah, stuff like that. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, that's that's all. I mean, it's it's find out how if you're marketing, find out how big that market is exactly. and what's the impact of that particular influence. If it, you know, it might be, you know, smaller than you than you think. Uh, you know, sometimes with a lot of corp- corporations, they're running up the flag. Again, this, this comes back. The government uh, says, okay, we've got to have these uh, ESG, environmental, uh, social, and uh, concern, and, government, and governance concerns mm-hmm. to, to show that we're, you know, more equitable, with all, all people. Well, if a company really wants to, to succeed, they can, I'll say management, looks at that, or most managers look mm, at that right. anyway. Who, we, wanna, we wanna hire the best people that we can, um, and we wanna appeal to the most, the most, uh, the most of the population that we also can, so we can sell our our product, yeah. unless unless they're a complete niche, a niche uh, investment. Yeah, now, that'd be a different deal. Now, right? when you're dealing with Ben and Jerry, not a complete other other story. Uh, the, the guys who, who ran that. <laughs> what is wrong with those guys? Um, well, this this is the this is this is the interesting question. Yeah. When when it was Ben and Jerry, out of Vermont, right. and. We come up with these small batch ice creams. And, Phenomenal, uh, by the way, great ice cream. And we yeah. sell them at a, a very, very premium price. Mm-hmm. And we have these social concerns that we're trying to mix in with our, our ice cream. And we're not concerned with the profits that we make. Really? <laughs> really? Then how come your ice cream and your little teeny can, <laughs> te- teeny can cartons, that little teeny carton costs more than Breyer's ice cream. Right. You know, that I'm buying in, well, it used to be a half gallon. Now it's a lot less than that yes. for the same price. But your little carton costs a lot more. And quite frankly, I like the Breyer's better than your little carton. But you've got yeah. all these yeah. quirky little, mm-hmm. little flavors. And if you were so interested in all these societal deals... How come, how come you sold out? You sold so out Unilever, to Unilever. Right. Yeah, Unilever. And Unilever right. is not a little company. No, no. it's one of the biggest. It's got to yeah. be a top so five, right? Why am I, why do I even care what Ben and Jerry right. are, are doing or, or saying? You're, and, and the, uh, I'm not going to say the hippy dippies who, who, <laughs> <laughs> Who believe their nonsense? Say, oh, look what they're doing for society, uh, yeah. and they're trying to help the little guy, and et cetera, et cetera. I'm saying, hey, do you not realize that these guys sold out? Yeah, they sold, they sold out. out just for, and it was all about money. And the other thing is, how can you make a statement like, uh, they this whole thing is just horrible, and they've treated Native Americans horrendously? Their land was built on stolen, or their company was built on stolen land. Did you know that? 
Yeah, I, I read I read that report. It's like the it's Ben like, and Jerry's. Yes. <laughs> they complained about how we treat Native Americans, and they've built their company on stolen land from Native Americans. Wouldn't you do a little research before right. you open your yapper? Yeah, well, it's, it's our <laughs> land. We bought that land. We bought that land free and clear. Somebody did it. We did a title search, and there was nothing there about, you know, the, the, whatever tribe owned it, you know, uh, hundreds of years ago. Right. Now, I mean, it's just a situation going, just very quickly going back to the Bud Light situation, just for one second. I, you want to have a transgender person selling your beer? Good for you. I got no problem with that whatsoever. Uh, but I would do a little research on it and see how to do it properly instead right. of. See, I think Americans love to shove things down people's throats a lot, a lot quicker than they should. I got no. You, God, you want to drink Bud Light and you're transgender? Good for you. I'm happy for you. I wish I could right. drink Bud Light, but right. I don't I'd probably, behave. I'd recommend a better beer than Bud Light for you to drink. But <laughs> yeah, there's pretty <laughs> much any other option is going to be better. Fine. Yeah, almost. Is it really bad beer? Oh, it's it's, it's the lowest horrendous quality bad. of beer. Is it really? It's terrible. I, it's and basically you, like slightly bread flavored water. Like I, <laughs> I came on here and I talked a bunch of crap about hams. Office to Officer Dave's dismay. Way better than yeah, way I would drink hams. more hams than Bud Light any day of the week. It's yeah. I just, when there's billions of dollars involved, Josh, why don't people do a little more research, and why don't people just shut up? Well, there, there you go. <laughs> well, there you <laughs> let, go. Let, let's go with the, the just shut up. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. I think it could be, too, with because as Americans, we have such a short attention span yeah. where you can be outraged about something one day, and sure, your company might take a little bit of a hit, but people are going to move on to the next tragedy or the next thing right. to be outraged about, right. and then your stock will go back up a little bit. I mean, the big problem I have with that, when you make statements like that, people are looking for things to be upset about. Even if there's nothing mm. to be upset about, they're still going to look for something to be upset about. And now you just handed them the golden ticket to be as pissed off as they ever wanted to be. <laughs> I, I don't understand. How, how can you? And I loved Ben and Jerry's. i got to be honest with you. I thought it was terrific ice cream and all the rest of it. I haven't purchased it in a long time. Because they came out a couple of years ago and made some other uh, chirps about something. I went, I, I can't support these people if that's how they act. They, they, this is not a first-time thing for Ben and Jerry's. They've, no, that's, no this, is, this has been an on, ongoing, yes. ongoing deal. Yep. Um, you know, I'll say I'll follow follow my son Judd's advice. Be Switzerland. <laughs> be Switzerland. Well, <laughs> there you go. Be be neutral on this. You know, I don't eat the eat eat the the amount of ice cream that I once once did. Yeah. I'll say when I was Tev, Tevin's age and I was <laughs> oh, yeah. running a lot further or, or Andrew's age. So okay, I'm not running out to buy uh, Ben and Ben and Jerry's right. ice, ice cream. Um, so. Right. So as, as everybody starts boycotting it, you're like, I've been boycotting Ben and Jerry's. For <laughs> it's, not, it's not a question of boycott. I'm not. I'm not eat, eating ice, ice cream. Right, you know, it's like okay. So you don't eat ice cream at all. I, I do, but very not like I, I no. once did. When I was in my twenties, I probably ate three pints a week. <laughs> did you really? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the last time I've like gone out and actively like. Oh, I need ice. It's cream. very it's rare. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I'd sooner go go get cookies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cookies. I, I love cookies. <laughs> How about cookies and ice cream? Oh, a little uh, we'll, we'll, take, no, cream. We'll, we'll take the cookies over the ice cream oh, yeah? any day. Any day. Hmm. And there are some really good 
cookies around and expensive cookies. Oh, that is true. Gourmet yeah. cookies are a big thing right now. Yeah. Like those, what are the dinosaur cookies or whatever? They're like probably a foot in diameter. Oh Just gosh. massive. I was going to buy one and then I looked at the calories. I'm pretty sure it's like 1,500 calories a cookie. In one cookie? Yeah, no, you yeah. got to share it with somebody. You got to share that with many somebodies. <laughs> well, what, I mean, <laughs> what's that big one by, by my house that my, my na- neighbor John Insomnia? Is that one? I don't know. I think there's an insomnia cookies, They're which is really, like good. really good. But yeah, there's. Oh, a ton you're of talking about. Oh like god, the what the hell is it called? Yes, crumbles. crumbles. Yes, That's exactly. That's the is. new big new thing. Yep, four dollars and fifty cents a cookie. Well, they're huge though. <laughs> they're very big cookies, and you don't need to eat one by yourself. So I mean, no, they are they are very very good, and they don't give they give you it in a huge box. Yeah. They oh yeah. It's yes. yep. like a pizza box almost. It yep. is. Yeah. You have to. You know, you have to place your order online, and then you wait, and somebody, you place it online, pay for it online. God. There's no cash. You know, it's... No, no, there's no cash. That's like a lot of businesses these days are no cash. If you yeah. go to a store and you take out a $20 bill to pay for something, they look at you like you just brought COVID into the building. <laughs> <laughs> You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. So did you think about other investments you wanted to make, Devin? Because last week you had a couple. Oh. I'm going to go invest in some cookies after this. Yeah, cookies. No. I, I think, hold on, got to check <laughs> right. the time here. Where's the crumbles <laughs> cookies we're going to invest? Yeah. No, I think that, like, because especially after COVID, there were a lot of people that wanted to either, like, start their own businesses and things like Mm -hmm. that. For people that are looking to start, like, if I was going to start a restaurant, for example, like, where would you... Starting a restaurant? Good luck. Now, I would say, yeah, good luck to basically any small business right now. It's very bad at the moment. Getting credit right now Mm -hmm. is is very difficult. So is getting land Uh, or a building. No, the banks banks are have really tightened their yep. um, lend, lending policies because of what has happened recently, uh, particularly with some of the small banks. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, they they really weren't small banks. We had uh, not that many months ago, 
Silicon you Valley. Had three, you know, Silicon Valley Bank went went out of business. Yeah. Sil- mm-hmm. Signature Bank went out, and one more. So you had three pretty large banks. Yeah. Banks went out of business. <laughs> Oh, you've been in the studio with me too long. <laughs> yeah. I, matter of fact, I was going to run out a couple of seconds and cough. <laughs> so there you go. Hold on. This 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 thing doesn't have the cough button. I know. I asked for one, but I didn't. Uh, I think never, you got one. Yeah, I think that one might be for yours. But anyway. Okay. Oh, that one's for mine, I think. The one on the right. right. Oh, that, that's, that's, that's the cough uh, button? Uh, uh, okay. That would be Dad's. Okay, got it. Oh, okay. He does have a cough button. Oh, good. Well, good. Some of the mics do. Some of them don't. Okay, uh, but getting getting credit uh, is one thing. I mean, there there are numerous businesses that you can mm-hmm. go into mm-hmm. where you don't need uh, a lot of a lot of money yeah. uh, to to start. I mean, you can you can go be, become a realtor, insurance mm-hmm. agent, um, stock you know stockbroker. Um, you could probably, I wouldn't say this would be an an, um, an own business, um, but you'd probably even start going to work for a smaller business, a manufacturer's mm-hmm. rep, and sell. Yeah. And there you wouldn't need a lot of capital, but it'd be based on how hard you work to generate the uh, some income for you right so we'll call it commission sales oh selling cars yeah as, and, as an example and then so obviously minnesota just passed like their new cannabis law so you're seeing all of these like farms and dispensaries have you seen like is that any uptick in like the investment world as far as those well, related the, the, industries well, i'll say the uh mary jane stocks uh have been mary around mary jane i like that for for a long period mm-hmm. of time mm-hmm. Could you tell me what the difference is between any one store or and or dispensary and another, mm-hmm. uh, and what the price or um, that they're they're selling as opposed to you know some guy on the street selling you know. Mm-hmm. Selling marijuana. marijuana. Well, that's why well, they, they all have these, the, like, they call them, you know, we got this special strain that we came up with. Oh, it's yeah. like, way better than the other oh, strains. Right, yeah. And it's all marketing hype, of course, but that, I mean, it to, works. To me, there's there's no, we'll call it, there's no moat around that business. No. no. And, well, and, cause and, also and even, investing in, even investing in the stock, any, any marijuana stock, mm-hmm. not for me. No. There is no, there's no moat around the business. There's nothing that differentiates one marijuana company from another. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if there's something that differentiates Coke from from Pepsi, from Monster Beverage, uh, from uh, Dr Pepper. Actually, it's now Keurig Dr Pepper. Oh, is it? I mean, yeah. Like yeah. Like Keurig bought Dr Pepper. Yeah, it's called Keurig Doc Dr Pepper. Huh. I had no idea. Um, I mean, there's probably more, more commonality between a coffee drink and soda that than is you true. Might, might think. I mean, heck, if I looked at, mm-hmm. if I looked at Coca-Cola, uh, they sell a lot of coffee, and and they also sell coffee drinks. They oh, sell yeah. iced tea, tea drinks. They sell sell flavored water. 
They have uh, this they, nitro they, cold press Pepsi, I think now, which sounds good, but it also sounds like it would burn a hole right through your stomach. Yeah, nitro cold, cold brew press. Pepsi. Yeah, that's a lot of caffeine know. in there. I'm I'm thinking. No, there there was one 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 uh, soda that I liked, Jolt. Jolt. Oh which... God, that stuff was <laughs> just a bunch of caffeine and acid. That's all it was. <laughs> I drank Jolt. one, I remember I woke up in the middle of the night, like 3 o'clock in the morning. Just shaking. I felt like my throat was on fire. And I was like, I was a teenager back then. Right. Can't even imagine drinking that now. I don't even think they, they sell oh, so that. Is that even around still? Do they? I wonder. I don't know, but, uh, you know, it's... Jolt it's a, Cola appears, yep, it's still a thing. Jeez. Well, they're not, they're not publicly, I don't, they're not publicly traded. I mean, but... If, there's uh, Coca-Cola. Jolt Company. So, yeah, they're their own thing. Yeah. Um, Wet Planet Beverages. That's a gross name. Yeah. But um, my, my point is, if I look at any type of beverage, there's a lot more differentiation yeah. between them than, than marijuana. And I'm not saying that, you know, the beverage companies are, are great investments. You know, they're not going to go zoom, zoom up, and they're not going to go, you know, Drop like a stone. Yeah, they're going to be very steady, steady businesses that produce a, a big or a very nice dividend. Do you have any other? Because obviously, last time you're here, we talked about your kids getting an iPad or iPod, yeah, and kind of you then that got you in, interested that, that, in looking into Apple. Me, that that brought me back to yep. Apple. Did is you have any other kind of success stories like that where you were standing in line and saw somebody order something or buy something, and you're like, hey, I should invest in that well the success yes there there are several that i have found and i think that that follows along to a guy named peter lynch who used to run the fidelity magellan fund a long time ago and that was oh, one man. of his keys to success is what are my kids buying oh yeah oh really yeah, yeah. I what love that. You, did you invest in tamagotchi 30 years ago no, I have no idea who. Tomaga, oh, yeah, the, the uh, little uh, virtual pet things. Every kid had one no. in the 90s. Every no. kid. <laughs> I, <laughs> we didn't have a, a you know, <laughs> we didn't have any pets. You know, <laughs> Not like, even virtual ones? No, no virtual pets. Mm, I see. Um, you know, there was not, nothing virtual. But successes, it's just things that I have, have seen through the years. Um, there's a little company called Nike. I got to look. I don't know why you got Nike. I oh, nope, I don't know. Nike's oh. on today. There I you go. On. Tom, Tom, Tom's got, got some Nikes on. But uh, Nike was, was a, uh, a company that I was involved with before the company was Nike. So when I was in high school and, and college, uh, and I am still running, running today, although... When people pass me, they look at me, and I'll know. Do you need? <laughs> well, call the ambulance. Right, yeah, well, <laughs> call the Make ambulance. sure you get a life alert. Brace well, you're not exactly uh, heavy either, so that's not No, yet. but if you looked at me running today and how I ran <laughs> several years ago, uh, totally, totally different. But in any case, um, when I started, started running, if you wanted uh, good running shoes, uh, you had... Adidas, mm -hmm. and they were very, very expensive. Or you could yeah. have, if you could find a store that sold Puma, they were a little less, less expensive. And other than that, you had Converse. Yep. So they were Canvas, 
run, they had right. canvas running shoes. This is opposed to my Chuck Taylor uh, all, all Stars, which cost $2.50, and I was ecstatic <laughs> well. to, to walk around in those Chuck, Tail, those Chuck Taylors. Uh, but when I, I started running and ran a lot, uh, some people, and I couldn't afford the Adidas, some people said, uh, some guys that I knew said, oh, go, go, see, uh, go see Browning Ross down in Woodbury, New Jersey. And he's got this, these shoes from, they're Tiger shoes. Okay, went down, saw Browning Ross, got, got a pair of Tigers. Oh, these are nice. They were $10. The Adidas, the Adidas running shoes were $25. Uh, 10 to 25, I could get two, two right. pair here. So I got, I got those, these are really nice. They look good, wore them all over the place. Well, a few weeks later, you know, I better get another pair. Went and got another pair. And in talking to uh, Browning Ross, he said, I asked some questions. He said, well, here, here's the catalog. You can go direct if you want. So it was a company, Blue Ribbon Sports, they had offices in, uh, in Oregon and an office in Boston, Massachusetts. So he told me who to contact, and I started buying uh, shoes from Boston. And the guy that I was contacted to was a guy named Jeff Johnson. Um, I think that's, that was the name of a character in, in a movie. Oh, I'm sure Jeff Johnson's been yes, a character yes, in a movie. Um, I would imagine, yes. Oh, that was Eddie Murphy was in a, in a, a movie where he played a politician, um, Jeff Johnson. Vote you, for Jeff Johnson. Anyway. They're calling you Jeff Johnson. Wait, that wasn't, uh, <laughs> hold on. I mean, it was a very funny, gentleman? funny, funny movie. But it, in any case, so I, I bought, started buying yeah. these shoes. Other people saw, saw the shoes. And I said, well, I can, I can get those for, for you. Well, it turned out I was able to buy the shoes from the, from directly from them for eight eight bucks. I sold Ooh. them for ten to fifteen, and it gave me some pocket money. Well, that company was Blue Ribbon Sports, uh, sold Anatsuka Tiger at that time. Um, eventually, became known as Nike. They had a oh, there those, you go. Those, okay, Nike sold shoes primar primarily to runners, and they. Oh, I know this stuff about, about Nike. Nike became a, even more popular than Anatsuka Tiger. And eventually Nike goes, in the early 80s, Nike goes public. And I said, I'm going to go buy this stock. Well, I talked to some people who I thought were a little smarter than I was about stocks. Don't buy a shoe company. Never, never, ever make it. Well, Nike's done... Yeah, they've quite done all right. well. <laughs> Signed Michael Jordan and everything else. Yeah. Is quite well. Um, so that was that was one. I mean, I eventually came back to that, but yeah. that was something I knew a lot about, but didn't follow through. Um, so talked, talked about internet-related companies. When I started dealing with internet-related companies in the early '80s, well, I found out all these other companies uh, that were involved in how the internet worked, but uh, the company that became a big holding of mine was called AOL. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Everybody used 
uh, you want to be on the you internet? Sure did. Yep. Yeah. Get yep. your little disc from AOL. Five hundred free hours. Plug it in, and away you go. And you could see where the money was coming from. Mm -hmm. uh, Amazon came out, and initially, when Amazon came public, I said, "You know, I'm a mail order shopper. This is just mail order shopping." Primarily at that point, books, 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 books yeah. and records. Um, but it's mail order, but they're instead of getting a catalog, it's a picture on the Internet. Mm -hmm. You know, this could be interesting. So that was a stock that I, I bought and, and traded. And, and eventually I happened to notice something that they, they had. This was also about 2007. They had this little... Um, data center that they started selling. They couldn't use all their computer power that became known as um, Amazon Web Services. AWS, oh, yep. Everyone uses AWS. And I just happened to notice it and I said, well, that, that seems like it could make a lot of money. It sure did. And I happened to run into a guy on a golf course and we were talking. He was a software guy. He says, oh, our company uses Amazon Web Services to hold all our stuff so we don't have to have it in-house. Oh, who else does? Oh, we know a whole bunch of people that use, yeah. use that. Light bulb goes on. This, this is going to generate for Amazon a tremendous amount of money, which it did. So that's, that, those are just a... I'll say a few success, but it just comes back to paying attention to stuff mm -hmm. you use and or see or see other people using. I mean, I can show you some things that to me never made sense, and those stocks did very well. Um, Uggs. Oh, Uggs. Uh, Uggs shoot. Uggs. Yeah. Okay. Good name for them, by the way. Yeah. The <laughs> ugliest things around. Uggs. Well, there, there was... Um, there was a company um, called Teva that happened to own Uggs, and that company then got bought by Deckers. Okay, so Deckers Outdoors owns mm. Uggs, Teva, several other brands, and now they own a brand that's super popular called um, Hoka, H-O-K-A. Hoka running shoes, which are very expensive, and they're like, they say they're like running on clouds. Um, they don't fit me very well, but huge, huge success. Decker's Outdoors has done extremely well. Uh, I'm not into, um, I'll say, cowboy wear. But that, we'll say that's a, that's, yeah. that's a, a niche market. Um, but there is a stock, um, the market symbol is Boots, B-O-O-T. Mm -hmm. Primarily Western, Western wear, cowboy wear, done very well. Um, you probably, you live out in the country. Um, you might shop at uh, Tractor Supply. Oh, yeah. Or have you seen heard that of those? Yep. Mm -hmm. Super stock. 
Really? Not one that I've, I've invested in. I don't live out in the country. Yeah. I'm a city, uh, we'll say a city suburban guy. So those are the things that, that I pay attention to. But that's, mm. that's one of the keys that I have found. You want to be successful, just pay attention and to do, what's going on. And do you, because everybody wants to be, oh, I found the next Amazon, Apple, blah, 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 blah. Do you ever see, like, because people will put out the list of, like, here's the 10 stocks to watch. Do you ever see those and roll your eyes, or are those usually fairly accurate depending on what source I, they I come tend, with? Some of them I, I tend to, to roll my eyes. Yeah. Um, others I just say, okay, that, that could be interesting. Let me, let me check it out. And because I would assume some of those are probably just, like, paid advertisement type deals where you're like hey i know this guy or i know this company or I'm a, a lot of in that this depends company. on on where you're finding it in the internet yeah i mean if you find something that says goldman sachs says these 10 or 12 names could be very interesting for the next quarter for the next several years mm-hmm. pay attention they've they've got some i'll say re- we'll say some heavy duty support behind them okay you know, pay it. Pay attention to that. Yeah. Pay attention to Warren Buffett is buying Occidental Petroleum. Well, that may or may not be a good investment. You know, the stock has done okay, <coughs> but why is Warren Buffett all of a sudden buying right an oil exploration company? If he's buying that. Maybe there's something to looking at that whole sector. Because yeah, there have been a lot of oil and gas <clears throat> companies that have done very well. And energy, energy stocks after uh, a period of time from about 2015 to 2020, nobody wanted to own. They were, quote, unquote, uninvestable. What was Warren Buffett? He sold a bunch of stock like two years ish ago, I believe, where he sold like all of his stock in like, I don't know if it was like Virgin Mobile or some major company, but then still tried to tell everybody. And the stock obviously tanked because when you see Warren Buffett sell out, then everybody's like, oh, I'm going to dump it as well. And he still tried to tell people, like, oh, no, it's a great stock for you guys. I just don't. Well, (laughs) I just don't want to have it anymore. (laughs) Well, you know, recent, recently he talked, uh, talked about a company called Taiwan Semiconductor. Mm-hmm. They had bought Taiwan Semiconductor and sold it soon after. He was asked about it in uh, his an- annual meeting. He talked about, hey, this is a phenomenal company. They are, one of the, they are one of the world's leaders in manufacturing of semiconductor chips, and they manufacture chips for companies like Advanced Micro Devices, uh, NVIDIA, Apple, among, among others, the stock has not gone up, but why did you say, you talk about how good this company is, how much money they generate, you had it for a short period of time, but now you don't. Why not? Well, we're concerned about Taiwan and China. Okay, that's a legitimate concern, and you know, Berkshire Hathaway is typically a very long-term investor. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of a, if investing in a company um, that is pretty diverse, yeah, Warren, you know, owning Berkshire Hathaway is a is a solid solid bet because 
they they own they're involved in um, we'll say in energy. I think uh, news today they bought a uh, an LNG liquid natural gas plant. Uh, okay, well that's that's going to be around for a long time. Uh, they own a railroad, um, which you probably see their their rail cars running up and around here, uh, Burlington Northern Santa Fe. Yeah. Okay. They uh, they they're big in insurance, um, and they have a huge stock portfolio. And of their stock or portfolio, Apple happens to be their largest holding. They have been on Coca-Cola for a long time. The stock hasn't done well, but based on Buffett's you know, buy a very long time ago, I think in, you know, his dividend yield is north of 15%. Not bad. So that generates a lot of, lot of money. He also owns American Express in that. Uh, is, is a large holding. Occidental is a large holding. Um, so that's a pretty diverse company with a solid, solid record. So it's yeah. going to just kind of creep up. All right, boys, I got to be somewhere at noon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. me also. This, yeah, has been, yeah, exactly. this has been wonderful um, as well. It's Fridays, what do you think? Fridays are okay with me. Okay, do you want to start a week from Friday? A week from Friday is fine. We'll start a week from Friday. Can have You should come in for that show, too, because uh, you and Andy made some great comments today, I thought. Perfect. Yeah, I can come in Friday. We do our best. Oh, here so we go. Bring some show. youthful energy to the show. You <laughs> well, know. Youthful energy to the show. He's okay. here to hear this job. Now, just because we're approaching middle age doesn't mean yep. we can't be youthful. <laughs> Compared to Now, I have, I have a question. Are you, are you millennials? Yes, or, I'm an older millennial. He's like a middle millennial. Yeah. And I was just reading reading something. This is in terms of investing. Boomers, your dad and mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. Um, you know, have have a certain view of things, uh, and millennials are really what's been powering the the leading stocks in the market right now. Well, boomers are on average past retirement age, I think, at this point. So, what do you mean? <laughs> so I mean are you kicking us out? Are you kicking uh, us out? Exactly. I'm saying that you're, you know, they cash out. They, you know, live on their uh, their investments and everything. So, I'm I would I'm surprised it's not Gen X that's driving the investment scene, though. Well, the because they the, got money, but they're still working. So, well, the 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 millennials, when I say driving in, invest in investments. Uh, the leading stocks right now, Apple, Amazon, Google, um, Microsoft, Uber, um, Chipotle, um, you know, among, how about among time, others. How about Timex? How are they doing? Timex. <laughs> Timex. <laughs> I haven't heard I that name This is John Facenda. Yeah, John Facenda. That's exactly right. For right. Timex. We will see you a week from Friday. Tevin, Look forward to it. we'll see you next it. week as well. Perfect. I thought you guys did a great job. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, you very much. So. I, it's a lot of fun.